Well, good morning and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Dawson Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. This is Ted Brower, and it is so good to be with you guys on a Monday morning. Now, what's interesting here is uh, the article just came out on Zero Hedge, and we're talking about this Trump stuff. Now, I don't even want to cover this, to be honest with you guys, because I think it's more obfuscation to cover up the banking crisis and to cover up what's going on with China, what's covering up what's going on with the, you know, with Putin and his quote-unquote, you know, tribunal, you know, warrant now in the international courts and Germany threatening to arrest Putin if he comes to Germany and all the other crazy nonsense and the banking meltdown, you know, and UBS buying Credit Suisse and all the above is happening right now. But what does the world want to talk about? Donald Trump and a whore. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Oz. Good morning. It's Donald Trump and a whore, Stormy Daniels, who basically is paid for by sex, that Donald Trump apparently paid hush money to. And 85% of Trump supporters now think protesting against the arrest is a January the 6th style trap. And that's really important that we talk about that for just a second. 85% of respondents polled on Donald Trump's own truth social media website thinks protesting against his arrest would be risking a January 6th style trap despite Trump himself telling them to go out and protest. On January morning, the Trump posted on social media that he expected to be arrested on Tuesday after citing illegal leaks from the Manhattan District Attorney Office's different, different, the Manhattan's District Attorney Alvin Bragg's investigation regarding payments, quote, allegedly made to Stormy Daniels during the 26th election campaign. Do you guys remember when they went in to Mar-a-Lago and they found the boxes of classified documents? How many people have seen that Trump's been arrested for that yet? And they went there while Mar-a-Lago was closed. And they went to a back closet and they pulled the boxes out. And they said, oh, he's committed all of these felonies and he's going to be arrested. And I told you guys, don't worry about it. You know, and now he's – let me finish reading this. I'm not covering more detail on it. Uh, he says, a far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week, according to Trump. Protest and take our nation back. He also called for demonstrations in another post proclaiming, we just can't allow this anymore. They're killing our nation as we sit back and watch. I guess as you're having sex with porn stars, up said that. We must save America. Protest, protest, protest. However, many prominent Trump supporters, including those who vehemently backed him during the 2016 campaign, believe any protests will crushed, be crushed again as the authorities in New York City could crush them as it was crushed on the January 6th style trap. Unlike January 6ers, Trump can afford the lawyers, though he has a history of stifling people on legal bills, There's basically stiffing people on legal bills. There's a zero there is zero to do other than allow him to defend himself in court unless y'all really want to become stars in a sequel to January the 6th. I can't believe this is obvious to everyone, said Mike Chernoff. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to just be as candid as I possibly can. Anybody who would go in and form a human moat around Mar-a-Lago and ask Governor Ron DeSantis to get involved in this and bring in the National Guard, and to ask to see, you know, it's just this. This is this is giant obfuscation mess. First of all, there is no proof that what he did was wrong. You've got Cohen, who's a known felon, who's running his mouth saying it was all wrong. What he did, because Cohen was directly involved in paying the money to Stormy Daniels, and Cohen basically was, you know, the man who was basically involved with the hush money to Cohen to, to Stormy Daniels. So I'm going to read you this from Yahoo News. This this is pretty interesting. Was the Stormy Daniels hush money made illegal? He, made, made, made illegal. 
new assertions, accusations, counter accusations involving President Trump's alleged hush money payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels are a swirl today thanks to the tweets by the president, remarks by his lawyer, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. What are the facts? On October the 16th, shortly before the presidential election, Trump's private lawyer, Michael Cohen, used a newly established limited liability company to quietly pay an adult film star $130,000 in exchange. The woman, Daniels, real name Stephanie Clifford, agreed not to discuss an alleged sexual relationship with Trump, who denies having an affair with Daniels. The payments in the agreement were first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Daniels sued in March to get out of the agreement, arguing it's not valid because Trump did not sign it. She has also sued the president for defamation. All right, so we have a porn star suing the former president of the United States or the president of the United States for defamation. Really strange world we live in, folks. Uh, Trump initially denied knowledge of the payment to Daniels and the source of the money used to pay Daniels, referring questions to Cohen. Government watchdogs argued the payments to Daniels were meant to influence the 2016 presidential election and therefore should have been publicly disclosed. So apparently, if he had made this a public disclosure or whatever as part of a campaign contribution, whatever, it may or may not have been illegal. I mean, my response is, who cares? The president and his representatives have offered sometimes contradictory narratives about the payments, what the president knew, and when the circumstances, what the circumstances were around them. Most recently, in an interview with Fox News, Sean Hannity, on Wednesday, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, one of the president's lawyers, said the president's personally repaid Cohen for the payment to Daniels. Imagine if that came out on October the 15th, 2016, in the middle of, you know, the last debate with Hillary Clinton. Cohen didn't even ask. Cohen made it go away. He did his job. Why do government watchdogs allege these payments violated campaign finance laws? Watchdogs say the payment was meant to influence the 2016 presidential election. And Trump's campaign committed violated his law by failing to report the expenditure as a campaign expense. In addition, says Cohen initially said he paid Daniels out of his personal funds. A complaint from nonpartisan government reform organization Common Cause said the money should have been given should have been reported as an in-kind contribution to the campaign, in which case it would have been illegally large. Individuals may give political candidate no more than twenty-seven hundred dollars per election. Giuliani on Wednesday said Trump reimbursed Cohen. These payments took place over a period of time. You know, this is just, it's like, you remember that old TV show, Peyton Place, and somebody's in trouble, somebody's getting in trouble, somebody's getting out of trouble? That's what this is. It's just another one of these mind games they're playing us. Uh, here's another article that everyone has said. It says, this is the potential knowing and willful violation of campaign finance laws, he said, pointing especially to Guziliani's comment about the news of Trump Daniels' situation potentially breaking days before the presidential election on November the 8th, 2016. And why does Trump maintain he's not violated campaign violence laws. In three tweets Tuesday morning, Trump contended. <laughs> so now he's admitting to it all, right? That the 130000 payment to the porn star was a private contract between him and the porn star and the very common among celebrities and people of wealth is, I guess, when they have sex with porn stars. He argued that Cohen, who facilitated the transaction with Daniels, received a monthly retainer not from the campaign and having nothing to do with the campaign. Trump later underscored the money from the campaign or campaign contributions played no role in the transactions. Now, here's what it says. It may be difficult for the government investigators to prove whether Trump's payment to Daniels constituted a campaign contribution in any way, says Brad Smith, a former FEC chairman and president of the pro-campaign deregulation organization Institute for Free Speech. So here we have a situation in which they're not even sure they'll be able to prove any of these allegations. 
and I'm talking about it on the Ted Nelson Brower Show, this is nauseating to me. This is absolutely nauseating to me. Now, here's the thing. I don't know why Trump, being supposedly a billionaire, which I don't believe that he is, uh, you know, probably one of the most well-known people in the world back in the early 2000s. Of course, he was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, too, and all the other things that were involved with all that. And he also had multiple other women basically file lawsuits on him, Donald Trump did, who were basically underage, that they said that he had been with them. Uh, those charges, those files, those cases were also dropped. Uh, all of this stuff is just the absolute, how should I say, the evidence of a man who basically has some serious issues from a morality standpoint, uh, you know, period. That's what it is. I mean, and most of the time he's married during all of this stuff. So, you know, this is Donald Trump, the philanderer, playboy, uh, porn star guy, I guess, who likes to hang out with these women. You can say one thing, he's definitely not gay, though Roy Cohen, his best friend of years, was, you know, a flaming you know, homosexual in, in, in New York up there. So, I mean, this whole thing is twisted up. I've done extensive details with you guys. Remember, January the 6th, Donald Trump didn't pardon anybody. Nobody. Remember that. Red flag gun laws. Donald Trump pushed them through his daughter to the entire United States of America. And let's not forget Operation Warp Speed and Donald Trump pushing the FDA to basically prove a product that had never been tested on human beings. Let's not forget about the carpet bombing of the United States and closing down the United States of America, basically, you know, you know, to all these different states, you know, in the spring when all the starters getting released, those being promoted and endorsed by Donald Trump. Let's not forget any of this stuff. And then Ron DeSantis came in and after a couple of months of that said, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're never going to shut the state of Florida down again. And this just goes on and on and on. And then all the CFR members that Trump put in office. To me, this entire thing, this political obfuscation to cover up the banking crisis, to cover up what happened with the FBI, basically was listening to the Proud Boys, you know, and the members of the Proud Boys, as far as to their attorneys. We talked about that in depth last week while they're under a trial for January 6th. And all of this stuff is basically keeping everybody active with smoke and mirrors in the great circus that has become the United States of America. With the, and it's not a three-wing circus anymore, it's like 12 rings. So everybody's distracted, not paying attention. So what's happening with the international banking cartels and how they're basically doing credit swaps again, trying to stabilize currency outflows because of the amount of derivative exposure they have. And this goes on and on and on and on. It's the same thing they do all of the time. And I'm urging all of you as my listeners, do not go to Mar-a-Lago and form a human moat. Do not protest this. There's no guarantee that Donald Trump's even going to be convicted on this. There's no guarantee that he's ever he's, – he's they're going to take him in. If they let him get arrested to start with, if that even happens, they're going to bring him in. They're going to book him. They're going to take a picture of him. I hope his hair looks good. Just thought I'd mention that. And they're going to basically then at that point, you know, take him, you know, let him out again. It's, it's, and then this is going to go to trial. It's going to go to trial for years upon years upon years. Just because you're convicted of, or charged with something doesn't mean you're going to get convicted. And Trump's going to hire a whole bunch of attorneys again to come in and drag it out into infinity and beyond. So – don't allow this to mess with your head because this is just more political obfuscation from a political system that has gone completely and totally nuts, period, is what's happened to it. It's gone completely and totally nuts and under control of the international banking cartels that we talk about all the time. So always remember that. Remember, it's probably you know 
the, the Hillary Clinton group, which is the same group that does it all, that was so upset in 2016 when Hillary didn't win because the algorithms weren't set up properly like they did with it. Biden as far as giving enough votes. I mean, why did Trump get beaten by Obama, by, Obama, by, by Biden? That's impossible. And why were there 30 million more votes that were unregistered and nobody knew who they were? All of this crazy stuff dealt with algorithms and voting machines that weren't working properly or that had been programmed to do a certain thing, like a 1.4 vote spread. You know, every Trump, Trump, vote Trump, every vote Trump got, Hillary got. I personally think, and I've told you this before, and Robert W. Steele said this before he passed away, and he said that Trump was the accidental president. Hillary was supposed to win that election, and I believe that. But they didn't have it rigged enough to make it happen. And the overwhelming grassroots support that Trump had from all the smaller precincts all over the country put him in the office, and he didn't know what to do. He was in over his head, absolutely did not know what to do, was not a politician. And I think he tried to do some things that were right in the very beginning. I really do. But then he got overwhelmed with the CFR members and all these different – remember his cabinet positions and how they were constantly being rotated more and more and more CFR people came in, and they put Gutlieb in the FDA. We talked about all of this last week. So I think that what they're doing is just playing games with all of us again. Let me put it to you this way. I talked to some friends this weekend. Whatever and whoever we vote for you know, in this next election for president, it doesn't make one bit of difference until the voting machines are fixed. They can have whoever they want to win. So all of this stuff is political theater and obfuscation. Always remember that we're turning like into a banana republic. It's ridiculous. Well, we haven't we're not turning into one. We kind of started all that back when Kennedy got assassinated and we didn't do anything about that. But the reality is this is who we have become in the United States of America, and it's political theater. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in this narrative and go create a human moat. That's the third time I've mentioned that to you guys. Just avoid this. It's like Austin and I avoided January 6th. There's still people sitting in jail from January the 6th that were never pardoned by Trump who should have been pardoned. There are people that are spending 10, 15, 20 years in prison for all kinds of crimes that they probably never did. You know, And so we have all of this stuff happening right now around us, so avoid the trap. If it smells like a rat trap and it looks like a rat trap and it's got cheese in it looking like a rat trap and it's got a giant hammer coming down over your head if you look at it real close, if you get inside of the rat trap – there's a high probability you need to avoid the rat trap or just kick it to the side, let it set itself off, and stay away from all of this stuff. Ugh, what a mess. Austin, what do you think, bud? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, sorry, guys. I had a little bit of a uh, malfunction here of the communications over here at the office, but I'm up and rolling, and Dad had a great intro. Pretty much I'm not going to go into it much more because he covered almost everything that I already thought, have said. And I've told a lot of friends over the weekend, my phone started blowing up over the weekend with multiple people I knew who started sending me the tweet that Trump sent out and all the other debacle. And in my mind, the first thing that queued up was the circus song. I mean, it was like clockwork. I was like, well, this obviously we already know what's going on here. First off, Trump's not the president anymore. Second off. The very fact that people are this naive that they're actually talking about trying to form a human moat and run around Mar-a-Lago and fight off FBI agents or whatever they're planning on doing that I do not encourage whatsoever is one of the stupidest things I've heard in a long time. Simply for the fact of Trump let everybody know on January 6th all the way up until January 20th when he had the ability to pardon individuals for crimes that – they had not even be charged with yet. Remember, you can do that with a pardon. You can pretty much pardon somebody for any crime they're ever going to commit. There's a lot of weird stuff with pardons, but he didn't do anything. Not one. Not one. Not one single individual involving January 6th. Nobody. Let everybody rot after he told everybody to go protest and go down the street. 
And now suddenly this clown is telling everybody to protest, protest, protest. Uh, 85% of Americans think they're accurate on this. This is not something I would ever recommend getting involved in. This is more complete and total theater distraction to keep people essentially distracted. Exactly what I just said. I mean, we're having now video after video after video of the um, Project Veritas now, if you have seen this, from numerous individuals that are involved all the way from churches to videos of these guys that are pushing LGBTQ in all these different schools, bragging about what they're doing, promoting sexual child grooming as long as two and three years old, talking about setting up these counseling centers through the churches, the one that just came out last night. You can look at that. I mean, just – and these guys are blatantly happy about it. They're talking about how they're so excited and it's so important to get these children in preschool and kindergarten and how you've got to start teaching them about queer studies at five years old. You watch the video. It's nauseating when you watch these videos. Yet suddenly, hey, nothing to see here, man. We're not going to talk about this at all. We're not going to talk about anything that's going on in the school system. We're not going to talk about the fact that the FDA quietly approved the fourth shot for six-month-olds now with RNA gene therapy. We're just going to ignore that. I told you I'm not sure how the math adds up on that one, how it's approved for six-month-olds, but yet the first and second and third COVID RNA shot for six-month-olds has to be done in a period of like a month, month and a half. So how do you now approve it for six-month-olds when technically you couldn't even have gotten all of those three shots until you're eight months old in total aggregate? Well, again, this is more complete and total annihilation of the younger generation. Not one single mainstream news article has been talking about it in any type of realistic light. Got quietly approved, quietly rolled out. Now parents aren't even going to realize in most cases they're going to sign the consent form. Pediatricians are going to come in with a barrage of needles. It's time to inject your six-month-old. Let's pin, 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 pin. See what we can do now. Turn him into a doggone guinea pig. It's disgusting. It's a violation of human rights in my opinion. It's completely illegal and illicit. These FDA members are I mean, I can't even get into how compromised they are. We've told you before the direct connection with the FDA and Gutlieb and how they continually flip back and forth. Oh, he's the FDA director. Oh, he's on the board of Pfizer. Oh, he's the FDA director. Oh, he's working with Moderna now. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to continue to just pretend like, oh, Trump's getting arrested now. We have to do something about it. Quite frankly, I don't know why that's my problem. Don't know why that's my problem. Trump's getting arrested, okay? I've known many of people who have gotten arrested, some of which didn't do anything wrong. Is that going national headlines? I mean, this where 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 are we going with this now? These consequences to actions occur. Whatever he's involved in, he can deal with it now. It's not our responsibility. He's not the president of the United States. Let's clarify that. He's not the sitting president. We got a bumbling buffoon that reads a teleprompter about half butt most of the time. Can't even figure out where he's at. Has hands, has handshakes with the air when he gets done talking on the teleprompter. Doesn't even can he, literally the other day he's in the office. He gets done talking and they're asking him fifty questions and he's sitting there with this grin on his face like he just soiled his diaper. Just sitting there looking at him. <laughs> and then walks up, and stumbles out, and I'm like, this is a joke. This is a complete joke. It's all theater. And this is what they want people to focus on a regular basis. At least we I've seen now somebody actually standing up over in Africa. This is interesting. Uganda President Yawari Museveni has now blasted Western cultures, countries, for promoting LGBTQ issues in Africa, accusing them of wasting the full time of humanity. 
the president of the East African country, made the remarks during a parliament address before lawmakers prepared to vote on a bill related to the same matter. The bill would impose harsher penalties for those found to be promoting LGBT activist causes in a country where homosexuals are already illegal. Uganda has been threatened with sanctions if it continues to refuse to implement Western-style protections for LGBT. But Museveni has rejected the attempts to influence his country, framing it as a form of cultural hegemony. Europeans and other groups marry cousins and near relatives. Here, marrying as one's clan is taboo. Should we impose sanctions on them for marrying relatives? That is not our job, he said. Western countries stop wasting the time of humanity by trying to impro- by trying to impose their perverted practices on other people. And I can't, uh, I can't argue with him on this. I mean, he's spot on. I'm glad he's talking about this. What's ironic is, why haven't we brought this up about uh, Saudi Arabia? Oh. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about that. Saudi Arabia is our ally, allegedly. Uh, you always have you guys seen every time the uh, you know queer, gay, LGBT, QRS, whatever Pride Week, Pride Month, whatever weird month they want to try to promote their perversion with, how majority of the auto manufacturers in the entire world change their logos on social media to the Pride flag background. Oh yeah. We're proud. We're proud of this, man. We're going to support that. The thing I've never understood about this is, I mean, why don't we get a heterosexual month? Being honest with you, why, why, why is it everybody's job that's in that community to try to tell everybody what their sexual preference is? I don't walk around with a big giant sign and stickers on my vehicle, and I'm like, I'm a proud heterosexual. I don't do that because I don't have to do that because it's nobody's business what I'm involved in. But why is it suddenly people's job to go run around and walk down the street and picket and wear all types of perverted costumes while exposing themselves to young children all in the case of free speech? Well, it's because they want people to accept their perversion. I don't care what people do in the privacy of their homes. Don't care. Never been my problem. However, it's also nobody's problem what I do in my own home. But when you start taking this and you start foot pushing in society and saying, not only do you need to accept it, you need to hug it. You need to embrace it. And we want your three, four, and five-year-olds to hug it and embrace it. We want you to accept it. If you go and look at social media platforms that are based out of Saudi Arabia, not a single auto manufacturer that's based out of Saudi as far as their Saudi platforms and their social media platforms will ever change and put the pride flag behind any of their backgrounds. Any of Mercedes of Saudi Arabia will never have a pride flag behind it. Mercedes of, or a Porsche of Saudi Arabia will never have a pride flag behind it. You can watch all – I literally did a whole expose on this last year, and there's a giant photo online. The exact same screenshots of the exact same month of the same manufacturers, but their platforms in different, different countries. Saudi Arabia, not one single one. But why is that? Well, it's because it's – Saudi Arabia is completely and totally opposed to it. They're not going to go along with it, and because of what happens with the petrodollar and the amount of demand and supply and all the other reliance that we have on over there – They've realized that the uh, Western culture isn't going to be able to pervert their morals over there. Now, granted, they have a lot of weird stuff as far as with the some of the Muslim religions. But again, I'll give them credit. They've stood very firm on not allowing this weird, weird perversion they're trying to do here in the United States. Yet suddenly, if you bring any of this stuff up now, you're a racist, transphobic, homophobic bigot because you don't agree with it. I saw an article the other day. There was this Real hardcore leftist, cons- uh, hardcore leftist podcast guy, and uh, Sam Harris, and he comes out and arguing that conservative commentators make a living out of not caring. 
and that they should not be allowed to spread their opinion to anyone. He's literally what he says. He said there's no scenario where you should begin your opinion about vaccine safety or climate change or Ukraine or anything else they might talk about from conservative individuals ever. Hmm. What? So suddenly you're telling everyone that they should only be getting their information from hardcore leftist communists that are trying to push a complete and total perverted propaganda on everyone. That's exactly what he's saying. Because remember, when the leftists get in power and they start getting platforms, they get speeches, they have never – you can see this in any type of fascist dictatorship and communist dictatorship. Anytime this happens, it's never about having – a direct conversation and a reasonable debate where people can have rebuttals on certain topics that are very relevant to the current times of we live in. No, 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 no. That is far-fetched. They want a full-blown dominating control over all speech, period. There is no debate. There is no conversation. There is no rebuttal. It is, this is what we tell you. This is true. This is what we say. Nothing else can deviate from this, period. That is their standpoint. That is why I have encouraged all of my friends and family repeatedly, and I do every day, every week, every month, to continue to be vocal on topics that you believe. If there's something that's going on and you feel convicted about it, stand up for it. If you feel like there's something being done that doesn't make sense, or if somebody's telling you something that doesn't Hey, hey, hey guys, Austin's been having problems as far as his audio hookup. We'll edit that out of the show. We're fixing that when we repost it. But uh, I was really enjoying what Austin had to say. He's got to reboot his system again. This is why he wasn't able to come online with us live when we basically uh, came on earlier today and why I had to open the show. So he's still dealing with that. But, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what's going on as far as, you know, you know, in, 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 the, in the mess that that's happening right now all over the world. And, and we need to realize this is important that we understand this. I mean, you know, Von Gertz has now warned that the financial system is basically in a big trouble and it's globally. And he says it this way, the financial system is terminally broken, toast kaput. Uh, anyone who doesn't see what's happening will soon lose a major portion of their assets, either bank failure, currency debasement, or the collapse of all bubble assets like stocks and properties and bonds by, he says, 75 to 100%. I don't know if it's be that high or not. He says many bonds will become worthless because wealth preservation and physical gold is now absolutely critical. Obviously, must be stored outside a broken financial system. Um, that's going to be more difficult than it sounds. The solidity of the banking system is based on confidence. With the fractal banking system, highly leveraged banks only have a fraction of the money available if all depositors ask for their money back. So when confidence evaporates, so does the balance sheets of the banks and depositors who realize the whole system is just a black hole. You know, this is a big problem because Credit Suisse has been a mess, and Credit Suisse now has been bought by UBS. I mentioned that earlier. And yes, Silicon Bank, Valley Bank, the 16th biggest U.S. bank, has gone after an idiotic and irresponsible policy to invest its short-term customer deposits, to invest its short-term customer deposits in long-term U.S. treasuries at the bottom of the interest rate cycle. Even worse, they value the bonds at maturity rather than at the market. So to avoid to avoid taking a loss, clearly management didn't have the clue about the risk. So, you know, Silicon Valley Bank's demise is the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. Yes, Signature Bank, the 29th biggest, has gone due to a run of – it's now all gone too because of a run of deposits. And, yes, First Republic Bank had to be supported by U.S. lenders and the Fed by $30 billion loan to due to, to run on its deposits. But this won't stop the rot as depositors attack the next bank and the next one and the next one. And, yes, the Swiss second largest bank, Credit Suisse, is terminally ill after a number of poor investments and massive amount of 
derivative exposure over the years combined with poor management and it's gone virtually it has come have, management have that has come and gone virtually every year and uh, the situation in credit Suisse is so dire that a solution needs to be found before monday's opening and it has been you know the ubs bought it a failure for credit Suisse would not look rock the financial system in switzerland but severe global repercussions now what happened this morning gold went over 2000 an ounce yesterday i mean it, it went through the roof but then what happened is it was immediately shorted again with naked shorts to bring it back down about 1940, 1950, 1960. If they let gold go and they stop running naked shorts on it, now what a naked short is, they short the market saying the gold prices are going to come down. And they put in there that they'll buy any gold for any price, no matter how low it goes. And they'll order like a million ounces or two million ounces, whatever they do, or 100 million ounces. doesn't make any difference. And they will force the gold prices down artificially because of computer algorithms. That's how they've held it. That's why it's so difficult to find gold and or silver at the spot price because the people who own the gold and the silver know this being massively, massively undervalued. So be very, very careful with your investments. And as we've told you for years and years and years, always make sure you keep a financial hedge as far as you know, in gold or silver in a safe place. I don't recommend keeping your home at all, period. And, and keep it in a safe space so that in the event the financial system comes down, it's, it's, it'll be usable. Now, here's the problem. What happened with that? The vast majority of people who are not patriots have no idea what the value of gold and silver is. They don't know. So if you're trying to barter with gold or barter with silver as the financial system collapses, a lot of people aren't going to want that. They're going to want some other item, you know, like you know, like cigarettes or booze or whatever, or coffee. You know, that's what happened in Germany. My mom told me she was in Germany in the Weimar Republic. And she told me basically that it was a real mess in Germany at that time. And she said that people were actually using cigarettes and alcohol and silk stockings and coffee and sugar and all other types of commodities as real money. And because a loaf of bread was 40 billion Deutsche Marks. And so it's a problem. If this kind of stuff happens with this massive, massive, massive inflation, it's going to be an issue. Now the banks are also issuing credit swaps, which is giving them huge amounts of credit to the banks again to keep their portfolios in check because of this massive expansion. The reality is, is that these Companies have basically been using circular ownership with State Street, Black Street, and Vanguard that I've talked about for years now that basically has held the stock market up because Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street own 90% of the market as far as huge amounts of shares in all of these different types of companies. But that's all another Ponzi scheme, and it's all based upon how much physical money there is in circulation. It's called the M1 money supply, and the biggest problem that we have is that when that money supply dries up, there's a situation in which the – person who basically is left in the musical game of musical chairs won't have a seat. So be very, very, very careful with your assets and what you're planning to do with your assets and always make sure you hedge yourself against stuff and make sure you have storable food and, and some metals and, you know, and, and protections are very, very, very important. Austin, you back with me yet? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Better this time? Oh, I oh yeah, you were pixelating bad. So go ahead with your story. I was really enjoying that. Yeah, I apologize about that again, my friends. I had to reboot my entire system. I'm back up and running again. <laughs> and so well, real real quickly, what I wanted to continue to encourage everyone on is this whole entire concept of what they're doing right now is in order to stifle free speech but control the narrative at the same time and try to push this projection of this left-right paradigm where you have to support Trump or you have to support this. This other option, and I made a comment before I started – the whole thing started going sideways, is that when you start hearing patriots claim that DeSantis needs to use the National Guard 
to protect Donald Trump from being arrested by feds from New York. Uh, A, Donald Trump has been making fun of and criticizing DeSantis for the last, what, year and a half now, essentially just demeaning him all the time on Twitter, when the very fact that DeSantis has probably done more than Trump ever did when it actually comes to doing things instead of just running his mouth. Trump's an incredibly good salesman. He is that. I would give him that. He taught an incredibly amazing game, had all of us riled up. And at the beginning phase of his presidency, he was, in my opinion, trying to do, I think, the best he could within the confines of this tyrannical overthrow government that we've now seen on the back end that the president doesn't operate the United States anymore. We already know that. So that being said, what we see now is, again, it's more theater. It's more obfuscation. It's to keep people completely and totally not following what's happening and really not asking questions. And there's another article that just came out here, and I want to bring this up and go into detail on it because a lot of people aren't talking about it either, is that we're now starting to see that the entire construct of this, this digital currency, so to speak, is starting to come to a very, very serious head now because nobody's really been discussing this at all. But what we're starting to see here is the financial sector, like Dad just talked about, is going to be doing some interesting stuff with the government inflation is going up when all these things are starting to continue to go up. And then you start having this digital currency that's now being rolled out now by essentially the Central Reserve Bank. If anybody has seen that now, they're getting ready. The, the central banks, the Federal Reserve, is getting ready to roll this out. And essentially start trying to do this digital currency that they've been talking about. The difference is, you know, what they've been saying, and I've said this repeatedly, is that there's no way for this um, the Federal Reserve to come in and just automatically start having this digital currency come about. Everybody pretty much that has been in the markets or ever seen anything understands that. You can't just go in and start just having – Oh, we got a digital currency now. Federal Reserve is announcing digital currency. There's a huge platform. So what they're doing here now is this is on LifeSite News. Last week, the Federal Reserve announced the July launch of the FedNow service. If you guys saw this very quietly, it's called FedNow, which will enable all U.S. banks to offer instant payments 24-7 and will constitute the infrastructure of the central bank digital currency by linking each banking node directly to the Federal Reserve. This is very interesting. The Fed now will enable all banks, any banks in the United States, not just the big ones, to offer instantly available funds and real-time payments to their customers. It goes on to say here, while the Federal Reserve maintained during a House Representative Committee financial service hearing in May that a CBDC could take five years to launch, they added the Fed now will serve as the main infrastructure to be built on what the CBDCs, the central bank direct currency, digital currency, will be based on. They wanted to say here that the infrastructure bypasses a lot of the needs for the current banking infrastructure, which is the purpose of the central bank digital currency. Goes on to say, eventually, listen to this, every single economic participant will have an account directly with the Federal Reserve. They're talking about nationally, guys. They're talking about individuals. Every single economic participant will have an account directly with the Federal Reserve, the central bank, and then you do not need any of the decentralized nodes. This transforms the purpose of the entire banking system into the infrastructure for the digital currency. Centralized everything under one roof, the Fed. 
Because obviously, we should trust them. I mean, they've been doing a great job since 1913 when you look at the inflation that's been going on. They went on to say here, once the system is built, once all the kinks are worked out of the system, they'll have the foundation in place to build the Gen 2, the version 2 to help support the digital currency. The only thing that will be left to do will have everybody open account directly with the Federal Reserve. Brown believes the foundational CBDC technology is being rolled out slowly and independently. Otherwise, everyone would reject it. Everyone in their right minds would look at this and say, absolutely not, noted Brown, adding the gradual implementation. But make no mistake, the central bank digital currency is coming, and it looks like this new FedNow service is just the launch of the infrastructure for launching the full version. Now, I've told you guys before what they're going to do, as we've already seen in other countries, this central bank digital currency is going to enable full-blown tyranny by allowing the government through the Federal Reserve to restrict or even free citizens' purchasing power, thereby coercing its constituents to submitting to everything they say. That's where they're going with this. Once they get it linked up and people start relying on all of their payments, because remember, it's going to start running. Everything's going to start running through this. Every payment that you get back, every you know tax refund, Social Security, Medicaid check, anything that ever is involved during the government is going to go directly through the Fed. That's how it's going to work. That's where they're taking this. And what they want to start doing is they want to start having and maintaining all finances or go digital. Now, again, this takes years for this type of infrastructure to be put into place. This is why, though, they've done so much over the last couple of years to try to devalue the dollar, so to speak, and also, too, to try to make money so bad. Oh, we got we got to make sure you don't you don't spend over a thousand dollars. You know that that's money laundering money. Oh, if you try to withdraw more than ten thousand out of the bank, oh, you're you're a money launderer. You're you're bad. You're bad. You can't do that. They've done this in every country. Now I've talked to you before over in Europe, over in France, over in Portugal, all these countries. They have restrictions. Some cases all the way down to a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. You can't take out at one time. That's it. Because they want to make sure that every transaction gets maximum taxation. There's no ability to come in and say, well, this is a gift. I'm giving this vehicle to my friend or I'm giving this to my – no, 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 no. You can't do that. We, we saw what you did here. Um, you're getting full taxation on that, and we're because you made it this way, we're charging you 40% tax, capital gains, and you're getting sales tax on top of that. Oh, and also, too, we're putting the Federal Reserve fee on top of that. So you're not $10,000 you're giving them. They're going to get like 3500 bucks, and that's fine. you, you got to understand. This is part of what you do to support everything, guys. And, you know, Ukraine needs more money. They really do. They need more Patriot surface missile systems, air-to-air missiles. They, they need these systems, guys, and you've got to do your part. And also, too, by the way, we've got this new green tax that's coming out now. And you guys understand that we're doing this for your protection and safety because we want the world to not implode and burn up tomorrow because we know if we don't do this by 2030, the entire world's going to burn up and it's going to catch on fire because you know they've only said that since the 90s and the 2000s and now today. They've continually said that every single decade. If we don't stop this immediately – we don't stop driving cars. If we don't put all these climate change policies in place, immediately, world's not going to be here by 2020 or by 2015 or by 2010 or by 2000. You guys remember the whole gist? Same story, just a different title. That's what they're going to do next. Oh, by the way, the money that you're getting now, we've got a green tax on it. See, it's another 10% tax on top of your income, on top of your federal reserve tax, on top of your transaction tax, on top of your sales tax, top of your Medicaid. So, you know, that green tax, that's another 10%. But 
guys, listen, it's, it's for your protection and safety. So, you know, it's, you know, it started at 10,000, but we're, we're really being generous and you're going to get $1,500 out of that 10,000. Cause you know, we, we care about the peasants. We want everybody to be safe. It's safe and effective, so to speak. Right. We haven't heard that before anywhere, <laughs> but that is exactly what's going on. Now that the, the fed now program service, this will be the first initial test phase to roll out this direct transaction, digital transaction. Cause remember, Inflation doesn't really matter anymore once it goes digital. It doesn't matter about printing cash because right now they still have this little pesky problem the Federal Reserve does because they still actually have to print $100 bills when they still go into circulation. Now, they still do digital transfers and swaps and all this crazy stuff they're involved in, but there's still cash. There's still currency. There's still paper currency that operates in and out. Once it goes digital, there will be no living with them. I mean that sincerely. There will be no living with these guys. They will have complete – you think they like to tax everybody now? You think they like to monitor and control and do everything they want now? Just wait till they go in and all of a sudden the Fed now, your Fed now account gets frozen because, well, you made a hate speech comment on Facebook because we already know the FBI works directly with Facebook. We've already seen those tweets now that came out when Elon Musk did release that and all the internal stuff with Twitter, FBI. And Facebook and how they were literally getting topics and getting accounts sent to them and saying, hey, listen, FBI said these 10 accounts need to be removed. They said they're, they're hate speech or fake news information. They got to be removed. Well, what's on them doesn't matter. The Fed said take them down immediately. What do you think they're going to do once they start owning all the accounts and they have direct access to everybody's account? They just go in and put a hold on your account. Oh, sorry. Your account's frozen now. So again, decide how you want to handle that. Use a hedge, like Dad said, and certain things. But one thing I can tell you, he's absolutely right on. Gold and silver have always been staple currencies. They always have. But when stuff does move to a certain level, and there are things that you may have to get or buy or sell or trade, coffee and tobacco have always been very, very top-tier traders. So as sad as it is, those two things are legal stimulants, and people like them. I'm not saying to go out and buy those. I'm not saying to go out and use those. What I am saying is... Make sure you've got different backups because sometimes, you know, you may go to the store and you may go somewhere and you've got silver and they go, I don't want silver. I need some food. I need coffee. I haven't had coffee in three days. I got a splitting headache because my caffeine addiction. No, you got a bag of coffee? Bro, okay. Here's a whole, you know, four or five loaves of bread and some chicken and some beef. I want some caffeine now. You'd be surprised. You'd be very surprised. What <laughs> it's it's people, true. It's true. It is. You'll be surprised what some people will give up in order to feed an addiction. You know, when I was in the undergraduate program, my psychology program, I ended up doing clinical studies over at the methadone clinic, and I was doing research over there because they, they asked and said, do you want to go over to this methadone clinic where people have been hooked on opiates? And you can basically talk to them, and you can view and see everything's going on. I said, that would actually be very interesting. So I would be very interested to see that. And I was talking to one of the nurses there, and she said, we have all types of people that are here. We have doctors. We have nurses. We got attorneys. He goes, we got all kinds of people here. They get hooked on these Oxycontin pills and all these opiates. And I said, wow. And I said, what? why is it You know, it reaches this level? And she goes, because eventually sometimes people become so addicted, they're willing to give up anything and everything they have to feed their addiction. Now, I'm not saying that that's something that is good. I'm saying is that's something that happens in society. So be very careful what you're getting addicted to or what you're using on a regular basis. As I've always told people before, if you're using something on a regular basis, always look at it and say, am I using this as a tool or a crutch? 
Am I using it as a tool to further engage something? Am I using this to basically have a better you know, uh, presentation? Am I doing this on radio? What am I doing for this? Or am I just using it because I feel so bad every single day unless I get my four or five cups of coffee in the morning, I can't function without it. I'm not lecturing anybody. I'm just throwing out there a question to ask yourself on some cases when you look at things. So be very, very careful on that because a lot of people, when things start to go sideways, they're going to get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, so to speak, and they're not going to know what to do. This is why I've continually told people, have things prepped up, have backup food, have backup water, have backup supplies. So when things occur here, like I've talked about in Florida, we have a hurricane coming. Not right now, but when we do, all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, another hurricane's coming. Let's do the main staples we need to do. Let's make sure we got sump pumps that are working, make sure we got generators that are on backup, make sure we got full fuel, make sure we got water, make sure we got food. And we'll just deal with this when it happens. And we've had before where power goes out, sometimes forever. You know, not forever, but for days and days and days, it feels like forever. Then you have other places that have been built on the coast, like down there in Fort Myers, a horrible hurricane they had last year. And, I mean, wiped out Fort Myers Beach. And I've had friends go down there, and they're working with one another, and they're doing stuff. And sometimes things happen. But make sure you're using precautions because there's a lot of stuff that's moving right now, and there's also a lot. A lot of distractions that are happening right now all across the board in order to keep people focused on certain topics but never actually look at what's really going on. And I think this whole thing with the uh, Trump debacle over the weekend, I think this is exactly designed to do that because here's the reason why. If he was going to get arrested and that was actually going to happen, it, it may or may not. I don't know. Actually, I don't really care. Um, they would have just arrested him. But, oh, suddenly he gets this this leaked document. Oh, suddenly I'm getting arrested on Tuesday. Why do you think that got put out on Saturday? Why do you think that got put out over the weekend while nobody was working, while the vast majority of the United States is going into spring break right now? And he said he's not going to get arrested until Tuesday. It was to build the audience. <laughs> it's typical marketing, guys. It's easy to see. It's clear as day. He wanted to build the suspense for the grand finale on Tuesday. Will he be arrested? Will he not be arrested? Who knows? Find out on Tuesday's episode of Days of Our American Lives. Dun, dun, dun. That's what they're doing. It's marketing. Clear as day. <laughs> right, so again, right. Look at it. Know what they're doing. Understand it. Address it. But don't fall prey to it and sit around and get all worried. I can tell you right now, fear was not given to us by God Almighty. He knows what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and all the way to the end of time. So best thing to do, stay prepared, stay strong, stay mentally sound, keep your body strong as well, and take one day at a time and enjoy every day you got, man. Because you never know when, <laughs> quite frankly, when you're going to punch out. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Spend time with them the best you can and enjoy what we have here on this gorgeous planet. And don't let a lot of the stuff ruffle you. Understand it. Acknowledge it. But enjoy your life. What do you think, Dan? Well, yeah, I've got a friend of mine, and she says, live one day at a time. And she's right. You know, we've got to just enjoy today. I mean, who by worrying about tomorrow is going to add a single moment to their life? Who by worrying about anything that's going to happen tomorrow is going to make their life better? Now, I'm not saying don't have a preparatory mindset and don't prepare for stuff. Don't worry about it. I mean, I, I went into length last week about this, about how it's important that we all basically don't walk in fear. I mean, there's a lot of preachers out there that talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys, you know, like Joel Seen, a lot of you guys like T.D. Jakes, and a lot of you guys don't like them. I understand that. But a lot of these guys who are preaching these different types of messages are telling you don't walk in fear, and they're right about that. 
And then you get the fear mongers out there that, oh, be scared, be scared. You see their websites, time to be terrified. No, it's not. No, it's not. One day at a time. That's what we've got to do on our ongoing basis and realize that, you know, this, none of this stuff is surprising God. He's still on the throne. Prayer still changes things, and he's omnipresence. He already knows what's going to happen anyhow. This is some big illusion that he's having to deal with. He knows what's going on. You know, that's why I'm working on the news on the on the on the, on the pre-Adamic race, and I'm talking about that in length. I told you guys that. And we're gonna. And I'm, by the way, I did a lot of work on that over the weekend. So it's going to be probably if it's not this week, it'll be next week. And I'm going to go ahead and do that show with you guys. But I've got a lot more studying I've got to do on it. But just. Fear is the mind killer. You can't walk in fear. It's one day at a time. You walk in love and you enjoy your life. Because quite frankly, like it says, who by worrying is going to add a single moment to their life. All you can do is stress yourself out and cause yourself to die more quickly. I remember back when I had heart issues back when I was in my 20s. I remember I was always in a mode of just setting goals, setting goals, setting goals, you know, working 100-hour work weeks, push, 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 push. And finally, after I recovered from the heart disease, I had to step back and look at my life. And I thought, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And all I'm going to do is stress myself out and cause myself more health issues if I don't stop this and just rely on God and try to force it all myself. And I backed off. And since that day, I've never done that again. I've never gone in now and just pushed myself and pushed myself and pushed myself. And I really haven't worried about that much stuff, to be honest with you guys, because quite frankly, it's, it, it doesn't help. It's, it's just it, it destroys your ability to move forward when you're sitting in worry because you start to contemplate and you get terrified and you freeze up. You see that all the time I mean, when people are you know, in, in a situation where something bad happens to them and they freeze and they don't know what to do because they're worried about the outcome. It's like I told you this story you know, a couple of years ago. I was on, on my, my plane that I used to own. I sold it. Then we had electrical failure. My landing gear wouldn't come down. And so I'm flying around with Austin and Sharon in the plane. I've got to land the airplane. I wasn't scared. I mean, I'm, honestly, I wasn't scared at all. Now, was, was I concerned about the gear? Yes, we got it pumped down. Was I concerned that the gear wasn't going to stay locked? Yes, I was concerned about that. Was I concerned that we'd be maybe skidding down the runway on the belly of the plane? Yeah, I was concerned about that, too. So what I did, I opened the doors of the plane. I locked them in an open position so they couldn't be jammed shut. And I told her, I put your seatbelts on, tighten it up. We're going to land a plane now. And I didn't know it. There was no incident. It was fine. But the point is, fear in a situation where there's an emergency happening, it doesn't help anything. All it does is causes you to freeze. And when you freeze up, it's going to be real easy to become a victim. you got to remember that. By the way, Chuck Baldwin wrote a phenomenal article. Yeah, and I love Chuck. He's a great guy. And he was talking about the worst presidents we've ever had in the United States. Listen, Ted, I'll go through a few of them with you. If I can cover them all today, I will. He said number one was Abraham Lincoln. I completely agree with that. Abraham Lincoln was a Marxist, and he's America's absolute worst president. Basically, um, there is, it, is, it is no hyperbole to say that Lincoln truly governed as a dictator, not as a president. Virtually every single problem we're having today and have had since Lincoln's presidency was an overbearing, encroaching, authoritarian federal government in Washington, D.C. came as a direct result of Abraham Lincoln's presidency. Every single one. So I agree with him. Lincoln was the absolute worst. I'm going to post this article as you guys can read it. Number two is Woodrow Wilson. He's so 
nicely brought us the Federal Reserve and income tax. He's just such a nice guy. He was being blackmailed by Samuel Untermyer. I've done entire shows on that, on why he was being blackmailed because of the affair he'd had at Princeton. And in the end, he was suffering with syphilis so bad, he became a you know bumbling imbecile. Just thought I'd mention that, just kind of a fitting end of this guy. And then next week, this is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, another communist. FDR was America's first socialist communist president. His New Deal was actually a raw deal. He was the president and did the yeoman's share of work in preparing the United States to reject American independence and embrace socialism, complete with a gargantuan list of federal alphabet agencies designed to promote and enforce the socialist agenda. True. Number four, Lyndon Baines Johnson. LBJ and FDR were on steroids. Uh, he took American socialism to new heights. Roosevelt could have only dreamed of. Johnson's Great Society program permanently ensconced a welfare entitlement society into the fabric of America, which has resulted in the destruction of both our economic system and the family unit. Uh, he's an international criminal and traitor to America, as far as Chuck Baldwin says, and I have to say I must agree with that. He actually sat there and allowed the U.S. has less, less liberty to be hit with over 5,000 rounds that didn't do anything. Uh, George W. Bush. Lincoln gave us the imperial presidency. Wilson's number five. Wilson gave us globalism. FDR gave us socialism. LBJ gave us welfareism. And George W. gave us a burgeoning police state, a new surveillance society, perpetual war, and neocons. And he remember when he signed the Patriot Act? Yep, that was the Enabling Act from 1933 when the Reichstag was burned in Germany. Pretty much a rewriting of that. Barack Obama is an American first Muslim president, first to be born, uh, not uh, born, not to be not to be born of an American citizen or the United States is required by U.S. Constitution, as far as we believe. Anyone believes Obama was born in Hawaii is intellectually challenged. Obama's single greatest administrative disaster is his socialized health care plan known as Obamacare. Number seven was was Clinton. Until Donald Trump came along, Bill Clinton was the only president to be impeached besides Andrew Jackson and George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, is a granddaddy of the modern neocons. He was the first U.S. president to publicly call for a global new world order on national TV. Harry Truman, number nine, was America's first Zionist president. The ethnic cleansing and slaughter of genocide of millions of Palestinians held by you know, the Middle Eastern armies can be laid directly on the doorstep of Harry Truman. And number 10, Richard Nixon. Watergate was the tip of the iceberg for Nixon. He could have been impeached and he did not resign for sure. Nixon makes my list because of his coziness with communist China's butcher, Mao Tsung. And for forever taking America off the gold standard. So what's interesting about this stuff is you got to realize how many of these presidents happened after the assassination of John F. Kennedy. You know, Lincoln was before. We had uh, Woodrow Wilson was before. But then it starts – listen to this. Then it starts off with this. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a communist. And then Lyndon Baines Johnson is number four after Kennedy, Bush after Kennedy, Poppy Bush after Kennedy, Barack Obama after Kennedy. Clinton after Kennedy, George Walker Bush after Kennedy, Harry Truman was right before Kennedy, and number 10, Nixon after Kennedy. We had a coup of the United States of America when Kennedy was assassinated. Just thought I'd mention that again by the CIA. Since then, we've been operating as a banana republic with all kinds of government bureaucracies controlling the very narrative of the United States of America. Always remember that. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow as always. Spot on. That was very accurate, interesting list. You know, that's why you have to actually do your own history work nowadays. Sad part is the revisionists have completely and totally changed every aspect of history very slowly. And they've done this now very effectively also, too, with the inception of the iPad books and all the, you know, stuff they have on Amazon Kindle and all these digital books all the time. Because remember, it's super easy to edit books when they're digital. You know, you start printing, you know, 100,000 million copies of a certain book. 
and all of a sudden you don't like what it says five or ten years later, oh, you got to reprint an entire another book, especially it's hardbound. You've got some money. You've got color and everything else in that. Digital, oh, you have a new version update. Oh, we have version 2.0. we got version 3.0, and you can slowly, slowly, every few years, change the version of the story until you're in 2023. And you start telling five- and six-year-olds that grown men can have babies. I, mean, I don't – I don't know how much crazier it can get as far as with this level of stupidity that's being taught and discussed. And again, it's all about changing the entire landscape and the entire mindset of the younger generation. Like we've already said now, what's probably going to start happening with these shots, these RNA shots, as we know, they've been directly linked in fertility in men and women. And so what's going to happen when you start doing this to six-month-olds and one-year-olds and two-year-olds and five-year-olds? I think it's pretty clear. You're going to have this younger generation that they're probably going to start having enormous health problems, not to mention they might not even go into puberty ever. We have no idea because, oh, this safe and effective shot that got tested on 30 children, one test subject, one, one test study, uh, now is approved to be given out to tens of millions of children across the world, or excuse me, across the country. And uh, yeah, you know, because it's safe and effective, right? Because we, if we didn't get the shot, then of course, you know, it's you know, we'd be in the middle of pandemic still. That's what they've continued to tell everybody. It was funny. Yesterday I was I had a buddy that showed me a, a video on Instagram, and it was this meteorologist lady that went to talk and they panned over to her and she literally blacked out, hit the table, boom, fell back, and they cut back from her. Oh, we're sorry, we're gonna go to a break. And uh, he typed in there in parentheses under the comment. Safe and effective. That's all he typed, just in parentheses, safe and effective. And, man, you would be surprised all the complete and total moronic haters that made comments on it. You don't even know what you're talking about. It was funny. All he said was safe and effective, nothing else. But yet it triggered all these individuals that want to continue to believe the lie because they don't want to address what's really happening due to normalcy bias. Keep your heads up, my friend. Keep the truth afloat and keep speaking your mind on what's really happening. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. We're here to take care of you the best we possibly can. Check out the product of the week on sale, the zinc glycinate, and also, too, the new kit we put together, the Spike Protein Survival Kit with the Super E, Native Kinese, and N-Acetylcysteine. Really, really effective trifecta kit that helps out with overall blood circulation in the body and also helps detoxify the body. Super effective, and it's safe. Unintended. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Neanythinghealthmasters.com. We'll talk to you again on this show as always tomorrow.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 